Alright guys, so this is SSD, Sustainable Self-Development, a podcast for people who want to get ahead in fitness and in life without driving themselves crazy. So if you want to look up a year from now and think, damn, I came a long way, but you don't want to burn out in the process as you get there, you came to the right place. We'll get into today's episode in just a second, but just want to let you know that we have an awesome community on Facebook in the form of a group which you can join, where we discuss and debate things, drop ideas debate over which person to interview for the next podcast and all that good stuff so go to facebook type in sustainable self-development or you can just check the show notes here and click the link there and you'll find the sustainable self-development facebook group and you can join also not sure where you're listening to this right now but this podcast is available on a variety of platforms itunes soundcloud podbeam and youtube you can find it on all of these platforms if you just type in sustainable self-development because luckily nobody is weird enough to name themselves in such a way except me so look me up on these places and follow the show by subscribing so that you don't miss future episodes and with that let's get into the show Hey guys, Abel here. Just a check-in after a long time. This is the first check-in in this week and I want to give you my top bullet point tips for fat loss and getting beach lean for the summer for the simple reason that for after a long time, once again, this topic became relevant for me as well. You know, I've been in a slow gaining phase for the past eight months or so. I actually feel like it's been the most productive eight months of my life in terms of training and nutrition. It had the least periodic deficit periods ever, and it was the most productive training-wise too, uh, in the sense that I didn't program hop. Here and there, I had some fun times in the gym when I just did whatever the hell I wanted, but for the most part, it was pretty smart training with a reasonable amount of volume. And now it's time to get a little bit leaner. Uh, To be honest, it's not because I couldn't continue gaining. I'm fairly lean still. And to be honest, the only reason why I want to backtrack a little in body fat is because of pure vanity reasons. Uh, The spring period is coming up and the clothing is getting more and more tight or at least more revealing. And to be quite honest, at this point, I'm just not hugely fond of how I look in clothes. Uh, So, you know, here I have to reveal that I'm indeed human and I do have my vanity-related insecurities. You know, it's funny, actually, with my shirt off, I actually look pretty decent, but in clothes, you know, it's kind of the curse of when you have a decent amount of muscle and then you get even slightly higher than body fat percentage than you would want, then you just quickly start looking chunky unless you have a really good build. And, you know, when I'm just a little bit leaner than this, then I kind of have the tall, lanky kind of look. And now I have this short, chunky sort of look, even though I'm not a short person per se. Anyway, so uh, I plan to do maybe a six to eight week cut. And since I don't have a whole lot to lose, maybe around two kilos or five pounds, I will take it nice and slow. Uh, Not too concerned about specific body fat percentages, I basically set myself a goal of getting my waist measurement and body fat caliper readings to a certain point. I think from past experience that that will be around a 10% body fat mark, but we will see. Uh, And after my cut, which will conceivably be somewhere in early May, I plan to be doing a Helmsian type of bulk, which will be one of those one pound a month type of deals. And I will aim to get the best of both worlds, if you will, that way. So that will allow me to not get too much bigger too quickly, but will also allow me to stay anabolic, if you will. And uh, I'm super curious about how my physique will look in a few months time, you know, 
in last August, I posted a picture of myself on Instagram where I'm shirtless and pretty lean. And you know, it's really cool that I remember then looking in the mirror and thinking, holy shit, this is the biggest and leanest I've ever been. And now I'm looking at that picture and go, what? That guy is just this scrawny little kid. And so I'm really curious how things will look like when this upcoming August will roll around. And I'm also curious how much more I'll weigh at that point. I think a good five pounds is at least realistic, but we will see. And uh, I actually plan to do a selfie in that same mirror on that same day. (laughs) I think it was August 9 or something, but I will have to check. So yeah, that's that. So briefly, what my approach is going to be during the cut is actually very simple. I'll eat the same foods I've been eating so far, except that I will decrease the average caloric density of my diet. I will make it a bit more dominant in veggies and lower calorie fruits, such as berries. And when I go out to eat, I will perhaps go a little bit less crazy on the fatty red meats that I tend to eat when I go out. You know, just the other day I went out and um, over these past eight months, I got into the habit so much of just piling up on the good stuff in a restaurant that I did it again, of course. And after that meal, it just hit me that, hey, dude, you're planning to cut, remember? Um, But, you know, it tends to happen that there is a bit of an adjustment period as you're starting the cut. I'm definitely experiencing that in my body weight and body composition as well. Um, I don't know how this works exactly, but it seems like when you're switching from a chronic surplus over to a deficit, there's a little bit of an adjustment period where seemingly nothing is happening and your body is just shifting fluids around. I think that's sort of what's happening uh, with me right now. But anyway, uh, this will actually be a nice test to my methods I've been preaching in the past few months, which is a very moderate, balanced approach that avoids large swings towards the extremes in any direction, really. I don't plan to majorly overhaul my lifestyle in any way. I still plan to be active socially, and I know that I could get my diet over with within three or four weeks if I pushed harder and made some more strict compromises, but this time I'd rather get it over with slower and enjoy the process more. You know, if you're getting ready for a bodybuilding contest and you will experience some pretty extreme physiological states in terms of body fat percentages, or if you're going through some extreme and long fat loss phase for whatever reason, it might be an anticipated and accepted consequence that you'll be just a food-focused asshole at some points. But now uh, that I'm in a good place and there is no reason to majorly rush things, why go through all of that if I don't have to, where my libido diminishes, I'm not present in interactions because I'm just thinking about when I can eat again, all of that stuff. No, I'll take it nice and easy. Uh, So yeah, that's my approach. not going to track anything except protein and body weight and a few other body composition measures. And I will be looking for about 0.5 to 0.7 percent body weight loss per week. Maybe in the first week or so, there will be a larger drop of 1% body weight loss, and that's fine. There is a a bit of a leeway uh, that you can give yourself because of changes in stomach content and glycogen levels, but later on, I'll be looking for that 0.5 to 0.7% body body weight loss range per week. Um, Excuse me, by the way, that I'm sounding kind of shit. Um, I hope I sound really manly that my voice is so raspy, but actually, I'm just kind of getting sick. So anyway... um, That would be it about me, and with that, let's shift the discussion to you, and here are my top tips for anybody who wants to get beach lean for the summer. Tip number one, try to lose between 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week on average. Uh, If you're a little bit on the higher side in body fat, you can start out with a little bit more uh, assertiveness and aim for 1%. If you're a little bit on the leaner side, stick closer to half a percent. 
I myself am going to aim for that 0.5% on average. And you know, if you're a guy, let's say at 17% body fat, you could start out with trying to lose at a pace of 1% of your body weight per week. Once you get down to maybe in the 12 to 15% range, you could slow that down to 0.7% body weight. And uh, once you get below 12%, then you could slow it down to only 0.5% body weight loss per week. I think that's a really good approach. And, you know, by using those percentages, you can still get pretty lean pretty fast. I mean, from 17% body fat, you could go down to 10% within 10 weeks using this approach. So really, there is no need to rush things to an unreasonable extent. Okay, so my second tip for you is a two-parter, which is eat a high protein, which I hope is not a surprise to anyone at this point that I'm recommending this, but not extremely high protein diets so that it would compromise your caloric allowance to fats and carbs. So I would generally recommend that you stick in the 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight range of protein. And if you want to go higher, I would not go over 1.5 grams per pound, which is a shitload of protein. I think even people who love loading up on protein would find that to be a satisfactory amount. I would recommend that you play around with this a little bit and find the sweet spot where you feel the best in terms of upping your protein intake and don't try to up it beyond this point just for the sake of upping it. Uh, you know, in general, you're betting off getting your actual energy intake from carbs and fats since those are the real actual energy substrates that your body is going to be using for fuel uh, as opposed to protein, which has to go through a bunch of inefficient conversion processes before it could actually be used by your body for energy. Okay, next point is also a two-parter, which is eat plenty of fruits and veggies and have those foods as the backbone skeleton of your diet and make those the foundation alongside with your protein sources, of course, of each of your meals. And the second part of this recommendation is that at each of your meals, I recommend that you start each meal with your lower calorie foods and leave your higher calorie stuff to the end. So basically when you put down your plate in front of you to start your meal, make sure that your veggies, fruits, and lean protein sources are gone and leave the rest to the end. And if you're not hungry for those, no worries. You can leave that for your next meal. Now, I know that this can be tricky in practice and that for many people this sounds good in theory, but when it comes to the practical application, they struggle to actually implement this. So for them, I have my next tip, which is, only serve out as much food as you think you'll need per meal with the permission in mind that you can always go back to the fridge for more if you're still hungry. So instead of putting out a whole bunch of food in front of you on the table and creating a Swedish table effect where you're just picking all the foods that seem desirable in the moment, simply uh, pick your plate and serve out as much food as you think you'll need to satisfy your hunger and then simply sit down with your plate. And once you're done, you can still go back for more, but there will be a lot higher of a chance that what, what you estimated in advance to be enough to satisfy your needs will actually turn out to be a correct estimate. This brings me to my next point, which is have some water or other zero-calorie beverage right before and during your meals. Uh, the benefits of this don't really have to do with any sort of magical effects related to being hydrated, but it's a lot more so related to the satiety mechanisms which you will get from the sensation of your stomach being stretched, which sounds a bit gross, but it's actually nothing special. It's simply the mechanism of you eating food, your stomach getting fuller, and you feeling full as a consequence. It's that simple. And if you can have this, my stomach is full sensation without ingesting calories, 
why wouldn't you get it without actually ingesting calories? So I would say that drinking plenty of fluids and consuming up to maybe a liter of liquid before and during your meal, so maybe half a liter before, half a liter during your meal is a real surefire way to get nice and full from your meals with much less calories. The next point is about mindfulness. Uh, if you're still eating your meals while listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos, I highly recommend that you don't. Uh, you'll get more satisfied uh, more and more satiated from your meals if you actually focus on your food and don't get distracted by other things, such as a YouTube video. You'll stay fuller for longer, and for obvious reasons, during a cut, this effect is very, very welcomed. I should also add that this effect only seems to take place with YouTube videos, but if you watch it on some other video platforms, such as Vimeo, then it doesn't seem to be a problem. I'm just kidding. No. So <laughs> I do recommend that you don't distract yourself, especially now that you want to lose fat or if you want to lose fat. And um, for more information on this, check out my video on mindfulness. Okay, next point. Uh, take an afternoon to nicely clean up your kitchen and have some nice eating hygiene. Uh, just like how we're talking about sleep hygiene a lot. I know that it doesn't literally refer to how clean your bed and, and bedroom is, but when it comes to eating, it is a big game changer if you're eating in a clean and organized environment. Research actually also shows that uh, people, or at least indicates that people in chaotic environments eat more and tend to overeat more. Uh, who knows exactly why? I have my own theories, uh, one of which is related to subconsciously signaling to yourself that you're not in control of things when you're so messy. And the other ones are related to procrastination. When you know that you'll have 20 minutes of cleaning to do after your meal, then uh, you might be more inclined to just keep eating so that you can put it off. But anyway, that's that. Next point is related to training, which is don't go overzealous with training volume and don't try to use your resistance training as a means to burn calories. So while yes, a high volume of training will help you, but only to the extent that you can actually recover from this training. And I know it too well how it is when you go in there and on a fat loss phase and just do set after set after set, basically at some point, just in the hopes that you'll burn more calories. And the thing is uh, that resistance training by itself doesn't burn that many extra calories. You're better off spending that extra volume you would be doing in terms of resistance training by doing some extra walking on the treadmill and burn calories that way, or going outside and upping your step count for the day. Um, where the real calorie burning benefit per se of resistance training comes in is in the process of hypertrophy and building muscle. Because if your body is synthesizing new muscle and you're properly adapting to resistance training, then by definition, less calories will go towards storage, which means that you can get away with cutting your calories less aggressively. But you won't achieve this nice effect if you go crazy with training volume and you do much more than what your body can actually adapt to. Okay, next tip I have for you is even if you track your macros and you know didn't buy into my whole auto-regulated eating bullshit here, Try to get in touch with your body's natural hunger and satiety signals insofar as partition more of your calories to points of the day when you're naturally hungrier. You know, some people wake up hungry, some people wake up with zero hunger, and evening hunger I also see as being a big variable. You know, some people say that their appetite just shuts down after 8 p.m., while other people report that that's exactly the time when their desire to eat ramps up the most. And I think from a pragmatic standpoint, you should accommodate these tendencies in your body and work with them as opposed to try to oppress them and work through them. 
um, which generally means just shifting more of your food to times of the day when you're naturally hungrier. Now, this doesn't have to mean that you're going to fast until 2 p.m. every day or that you don't eat anything after 6 p.m. It just means that you're eating less food during these times. So, for example, if you're not hungry in the morning, but you're working out in the morning, so having some food around that time would be advantageous, just have a shake and a piece of fruit at that time, you know, and then hit the gym and then have more food later during the day as your hunger ramps up. Also note that eating more doesn't necessarily have to mean eating more calories it could just refer to food volume. So for example, in the morning, you may not be hungry, but you want to have a good amount of calories around your workout. Uh, you could have your less satiating, more calorie-dense stuff in the morning around your workout, and then have more voluminous, more satiating meals later in the day when you get hungrier. My next tip to you is to manage social events smartly. And here I would recommend that you check out my holiday eating tips episode that I've done. But keynote summary, I highly recommend that you don't go on a social event-free challenge for the next 12 weeks if you want to do a cut. It's really easy for that kind of a mindset to sneak up on you and make it a habit that you say no to events that might crop up. So don't become antisocial. You can absolutely be a social being and get lean for the summer. You just need to remain reasonable. And those reasonable action steps include the following. Saving up calories for these events, but not going too hungry either to avoid being uh, in full-on zombie mode by the time you set foot into the place where the social event is taking place, where you can only think about eating. So in practice, this means eating lighter, high fiber, high water, high protein meals surrounding the event. So before and depending on what you manage to destroy at the event after as well. I would also recommend drinking water with your meals while you're there and also to not go crazy with food and flavor variety once you've decided to go for some food at the event. And again, I went into more details on all of these points in that episode on social events. Okay, next tip is related to monitoring progress. Uh, the scale is an obvious one. I recommend weighing in daily and taking a weekly average of your weight. I should also add that I'm becoming less and less of a fan of checking in outlier weights. So I don't typically weigh in on days anymore when I eat much later than normal because then the morning weigh-in is just going to tell me about the extra food in my GI tract as opposed to changes in my body composition. Or if I'm going to weigh in on those days or if I'm going to weigh in on those days, I'm going to mark these days in some way in my record keeping. Uh, but so where I was getting at though is I like having some other means of tracking progress, namely body fat calipers. I use the electronic, uh, what's it called, wait, Fat Track 2. I think the brand is AccuMeasure. AccuMeasure, it's an electronic caliper. And uh, I simply pinch myself at the exact same spot at my lower abdomen. And I recommend that you do the same. Basically, what I do is I found a spot a while ago on my lower abdomen, which I can reliably return to because it's between two birthmarks on my stomach. So I just pinch my stomach there and take the measurement. And I don't care about body fat percentage per se. I'm not trying to calculate it in any way. I'm just looking for the change in the reading. So I know that when I see values like 3.8 and 2.8, then I'm pretty darn lean. And for what it's worth right now, I'm getting values like 4.5 and 5.7. I also like waist measurements, uh, which I like to do with my stomach flexed because that eliminates variability in the reading due to bloating. Once again, I know that when I get readings such as 80, 78, 77, I am pretty darn lean. Now I get readings like 83, 84. 
Um, next tip, if you're a YOLO type of person and you do drink alcohol and you do that sometimes to the point where you feel funny, then prepare for yourself some nice high-fiber, high-protein concoction that you can eat when you get home. Because the biggest problem with alcohol is the bad decisions that we tend to make when we are under its influence. And uh, for myself, at least, I know that when I know that I have a nice, satiating, nutritious meal that I can eat once I once the night is over, the temptation to satisfy my hunger at some fast food place greatly diminishes. Um, next tip is I recommend that you're, you're wearing a weighted vest while you're sleeping so that you can burn more calories while you sleep. I'm just kidding. I'm not recommending that. Don't actually do that. Uh, all right, guys, uh, that would be my tips for your summer cut. I guess uh, the only last thing I'd like to mention is that as the summer is approaching and the weather is going to get nicer and nicer, don't just sit at home waiting for your next meal. Actually get up from your ass, go outside, you know, do stuff with other, other people, go on hikes, go on weekend trips, walk around, and don't just sit on the couch. Um, you can make the cut suck and burn yourself out in the process, or you can actually make the whole process more enjoyable by making your life enjoyable. And, you know, that way the whole thing will be over without you ever realizing that you just dropped your body fat by four percentages. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a comment and subscribe if you watch this on YouTube. If you listen to this on iTunes, please leave a rating to help this stuff grow. SoundCloud and Podbeam, you can just follow me to be notified on future episodes. And to be a contributing member of this podcast, join the Sustainable Self-Development Facebook group where you can drop ideas about future podcasts. I very often ask my listeners for tips and advice on who to get on next. So if you're interested in getting into discussions like that, be sure to join the Facebook group. And if you don't want to go through the searching process, just click one of those links in the show notes slash video description. It is all there. All right. Thanks for hanging around up until now and see you next time.